0: G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 16 of the Outback Mine podcast. I have uh, Tim Thomas on with us today. I really uh, was looking forward to getting Tim onto this podcast uh, I've known Tim for a few years and I want people to hear Tim's experience and journey on stepping out of his uh, out of his security of his, his, his role as a physiotherapist primarily and uh, the dollars and all the benefits that come with that to move into becoming a full-time artist and primarily a full-time time uh, handpan maker so someone that actually makes musical instruments so for those of you that don't know a handpan is the instrument that I actually play at the introduction of these uh these podcasts beautiful um like a dish that uh makes a tremendous sound like a drum so amazing piece of uh, equipment uh, and tim is uh the leading manufacturer of hand in australia now so the, the the key learning aspect or the key learning outcome from this uh, conversation is going to be about following your dream stepping into what uh, you love to do because that's what tim's tim's actually done is He's gone from you know the I suppose security of of being a professional and going into the unknown. So there's lots of learning to uh, uh, come from this conversation. And uh, also, I want to talk to Tim about the uh, the benefits of sound on mental health. So how sound can improve our mental well-being, which I'm sure he knows lots about. So sit back and enjoy the conversation. Really appreciate you joining me and listening into my conversation with Tim. Tim, welcome to the Outback Mind Podcast
1: thank you so much aaron it's um it's a pleasure to to be here and thanks for inviting me to, to come and chat with you
0: no worries mate uh as soon as i i got this podcast going which really happened uh quite quickly um uh, due to a conversation from paul Ruse saying that he'd uh he'd jump on so i'd like a day to mm-hmm. get it ready uh so it's still quite amateurish but uh it's certainly uh going okay so i'm going to get better at uh the audio side of things and all that uh, as time moves on but uh we're, we're we're doing much better than what we were before we actually started this so it's getting some yeah, good, great. good content out there but mate i um i'm really grateful for you coming along and as i as i mentioned i was keen to have a chat to you because you've inspired me from what you've actually uh been able to do to move out of the security of a professional role and you know such a uh, I suppose a mainstream job into something that you really love to do but first before we get into that mate I want you to tell us a bit about yourself and you know, your upbringing and sort of uh, your journey into into I suppose becoming a physio and, and moving on from there.
1: Sure yeah Yeah. yeah. well um, I was born and bred in Melbourne right in the heart of Melbourne. Um, didn't venture far from being born in, uh, in, um, in Essendon and then <laughs> living up most of my upbringing in, uh, in Carlton, in Carlton North. Went to, you know, did the whole she- shebang, went to private school, went to university, um, did all that, had uh, role model parents that that um, had quite professional jobs, um, you know, working for banks, working for, for massive um, computer tech companies and, and whatnot, the nine to five kind of standard, which uh, funnily enough, these days doesn't really stop at you know stop at five and start at nine it's kind of you know all hours of the day all hours of the weekends and all that sort of stuff so yeah i kind of i very much was brought up with the whole the whole that whole uh, idea or dream of the the white picket fence and the starting a family and buying a house you know going through I, I, I say going through all those motions because um i feel like a lot of people well and myself in particular kind of went through that phase because that's just what I was told. That's what was, you know, what was fed to me to, to suggest that that's how you, how you you know, get ahead in life and how you have a good life and, and, and excel uh, by doing all that. So, yeah, naturally for me, I love sport. Um, I love helping people. So I kind of married the two together and, and ended up um, finding myself, uh, you know, applying for Uh, a a physiotherapy degree in various universities in and again in and around Melbourne didn't venture far Um, and did that and studied at Monash University physiotherapy bachelor of physiotherapy came out of that um, and my first uh, my first intention out of that was to to buy property and (laughs) start that you know start that inverted comma that dream Um, and yeah and just kind of Struggled, not so much struggled financially. I mean, physiotherapy pays well and, and, you know, there's good work there, but just struggled emotionally and, um, kind of felt a little bit like a zombie going through, going through all that. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, in a way I can just remember, you know, my mom sort of her words of, you know, well, if, you know, if you want to have a great life, you've, you've got to do the hard, yeah, you've got to do the hard work. Um, yeah, I just sort of remember that kind of playing through and, and thinking to myself, "All right, it's going to get easier, It'll get better. I'll start having fun later." Um, yeah, um, and so yeah, I tell you what, it wasn't it wasn't easy to kind of come out of that mindset. It took me, I think, I was working for about ten years after university um, uh, before really starting to come into that kind of into my thirties thinking, hang on a sec, I'm 30 now. Like it's not like it's gonna happen later. Like it's gotta happen now. It's gotta happen five years ago, 10 years ago. This is, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, uh, it, it was kind of, I felt this push from one side, as far as push from what I was doing, it wasn't fulfilling me in so many ways and this pull from another side that I didn't really know what it was, but I knew it was something else. Um, but breaking that cycle is what took me many years to actually... You know, it's uh, from, from the moment where I realized that maybe this isn't for me to the, to the moment that I actually move away, it took several years. So, um, you know, all, always you think, oh, it's too late now. It's too late. You know, I can't, I can't change that. I, can't, I shouldn't change that. I should just try and put energy into fixing what I, what, what I have rather than putting energy into, to, you know, starting again and completely changing. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, and so that was that, that kind of move.
0: Very courageous, what, I'm mate, I'm, I'm curious, mate, uh, that's obviously uh, such a courageous thing to do. Uh, was there much resistance from your, your family and your immediate family about you know, what, you were, what you were moving towards?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. I always wanted to be a musician. I started playing um, guitar when I was seven years old and, and just became obsessed with music from, from then on. Uh, and this is part of you know part of that that saying from Mum you know in, in order to, to have a good life, in order to get ahead in life, you have got to do the hard yard. So I always wanted to be a musician, but it was always drilled into me that that's, that's not going to get you anywhere. You got to you got to have a you know inverted commas a real job, right? Mm. So yeah, it was it was kind of interesting that um, that after I had given physiotherapy a good go, given the you know uh, the the healthcare uh, healthcare system a good go and realizing that it wasn't quite for me i felt like my parents kind of softened up by that stage they they felt like they i guess they felt like i had given it a good crack and and felt, I guess they felt a little bit more trusting in me. That's not to say that they didn't try to talk me out of it, but I definitely didn't feel as much resistance as what I had remembered, you know, when I said back in the day, when I'd said that, uh, no, I want to be a musician, I want to start a band, I want to do all that, all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that was, uh, I remember a lot more resistance with that, um, but you know, if, if anything, it's not really, It's not really my family that i needed to kind of convince it was really myself that i needed to convince um whether it was the indoctrination or or the whatever you want to call it that that um that belief that that was drilled into me that you know that there's there's only one way to do it and that that way is 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 is, is, you know the nine to five way Mm -hmm. um the secure way so to speak um yeah yeah.
0: mate um Really interesting hearing you say uh, the pull between one and the other, Mm -hmm. you know, I I believe one is the mind and the ego and the other one is the the heart. Mm -hmm. I think we all have as boys and men that heart calling within ourselves, it's just a matter of actually being brave enough to actually understand it and go towards it rather than sort of force against it, you know.
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely and it, uh, intuition has was a big thing for me, like like uh, feeling into to the intuition and feeling how it feels for me, um, you know being aware of how it feels, how does it feel when I say this thing out loud, how does it feel when when I imagine or when I dream this this thing, whatever the thing is you know everyone's got their thing, uh, and for me, it happened to be music, but um yeah like you said driving from the the mind we we don't feel a lot in the mind we we think a lot in the mind and and you know on paper absolutely you know physiotherapy is gonna gonna you know lead to a much more successful life but but that's because success is measured and defined in in a particular way in our society um when you know it may not necessarily be have we you know may not possess the same definition for for everyone um and so you know that's got to be a really big part of 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 you know that definition of of success has got to be a really big part of of what you seek and how you seek it
0: yeah absolutely i observed quite a few years ago uh people that were living very meaningful lives very spiritual lives people that were actually just giving back all the time and i believe you're giving through your music uh in tenfold you know with a with a I suppose, a professional career in the medical system. It's all about repetition too, like, you know, come back again, come back Mm. again, here's a prescription, come back again, all that type of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. What I believe is the real humane nature that we all have within us is to actually give someone some guidance and then they're they're able to walk their own path, you know, rather than Mm. just keep coming back to the medical system. And I know my own journey, mate, I had an issue with sciatica. And I was going to a physio for years until I started to do yin yoga. And then through yin yoga, I was able to heal myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but that was, that was the intuition that I had, like stop, slow down, heal. And, uh, and the, uh, the mind was telling me, no, oh, you've got to go back to get treatment to, to, to go to the physio, you know. So mm-hmm. you would have seen that with a lot of the patients that you've observed over the years. Not, not many that probably come out the other side that they're okay. They're, they're always needing an intervention possibly. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, it's, it's interesting i mean i guess you know talking about push and pull the push for me was that i felt so unfulfilled in the in the medical industry and um look you know i just want to precursor this with this is purely my experience um and my experience through being in the medical you know being being a therapist in the medical industry so to you know looking behind the curtains so to speak but also as a patient i've been patients many times i've been um, you know, I've witnessed, uh, through my witness, I've, I've been, you know, inverted commas, a uh, 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 victim of the medical industry with, with my mother's recent passing. Like, it's just, this is just how I experienced it. Um, and, you know, suffice to say, long story short, you know, we birth our babies, we birthed our baby at home. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I have, in my opinion, in my heart, you know uh you know trying to trying to keep equanimity here and not use so much colorful language but you know I feel mm-hmm. like there's there's really the the western medical model has a really valuable purpose in in for emergency health mm-hmm. um you know car accidents and 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 emergency situations i've not seen a lot of good that the western medical industry or model has had for preventative or um you know ongoing disease um
0: and that be physical and mental as well yeah
1: exactly exactly and um you know i spent you know even sort of, so so i went into the the you know went, to, went into physiotherapy the intention to you know work in private practice work for sporting teams um and i very quickly found myself actually <laughs> in aged care
0: mm-hmm.
1: um <laughs> the complete opposite but i found myself in aged care because i felt so much more value in my efforts in an aged care facility, for example, than I did in a private practice. Um, And even then, even then in the aged care facilities, it was a grind because um, I felt like, you know, private practices, hospitals, everywhere I've worked in aged care, everywhere I've worked, it really seemed, or at least it was really apparent that, the number one priority was the bottom line. The number one priority was funding and how was the business going to make money? Yeah. Um, you know, from the hospital to the, the private practice itself to the aged care facility, the company, whatever it is, you know. And so I realized very quickly that actually Western medicine's just another business. It's just another. Business churning out, you know, uh, uh, trying to be profitable, trying to survive, trying to, to make it. Now, um, that's not why I went into physiotherapy. That wasn't why I went into that with the intention of trying to help people. I felt like my goals or my um, my ideas of how I could help people often was actually count like was was often actually. Um, Uh, contrasting to what needed to happen in order for the business to make money (laughs) so I often felt like my hands were tied felt like my hands were tied I was I was expected to perform this role but I really I, I recognized that I needed to perform that role uh, and I couldn't do it. Um, and so, you know, I even went, you know, the reason it took me so many years is because I actually ended up putting energy into trying to change that. I put energy into, you know, I became uh, a manager. I, you know, I, I worked my way up in, in, in aged care uh, in the test sector, I worked my way up to try and change the rules, to try and change, you know, to try and change what was expected of us therapists and, and, and how we could deliver our services and put our energy in. It just was met with so much resistance until I basically uh, hit a brick wall where I, I realized that it actually wasn't, you know, it, it stemmed so much deeper and so it was so deeply rooted. It was, It came from... You know, almost the, the bureaucrats in Canberra that that ended up deciding what was the best treatment for uh, for for the aged care residents when mm-hmm. they've never spent a, a you know a minute face to face with these with these people to know you know to even know what they what they want and need and yeah. and that right there that moment was the push that moment was the push for me to to, to me to say that mate you've got it like you we're going to put i need to push myself out of here this is this is not how this is not how i want to spend my life and this is absolutely not how i want to spend my energy i felt like i had so much good that i could do or wanted to do and i just couldn't see how i could do that in that in that place and so and so yeah and and it was kind of funny how a lot of these things in my life kind of all happened around the same time it's roughly when i discovered the handpan for the first time and and although it took me a couple of years to get my hands on a handpan when i did finally get one it, it I, I quickly kind of started to transition into more of a, um, of, a, of a sound kind of a therapy. I called it handpan therapy when I started to actually work in aged care facilities performing, or not so much performing handpan, but playing handpan to them in a way that was quite therapeutic um, or in a way that I tried to make it therapeutic. Um, and so, you know, I, I tried to take what I knew from, from my physiotherapy role and, and experience and tried to kind of um, implement that in a way that was completely different. I mean, you know, I wasn't actually doing any hands-on with, with anyone now. It was really just coming from, um, you know, I, I, was, I was now um, affecting them through the vibrations of, of, of the sound, if, if, if that makes sense, um, so and and that's where the pull was. So I was I was pushing out. I was pushing myself away from the physiotherapy. That that grind was pushing me out. And then there was this draw of the music, which I had always had since I was like I said, since I was seven years old. I've always had this draw to music, but I never really kind of entertained that because of this. Fear. This fear of <laughs> well, that's just not. Hey, I, you know, I'm I'm not Coldplay. I'm not you know, I'm not Keith Richards. I'm not the. <laughs> I can't you know, I can't be successful doing this. So I've got to do something you know, a real job, mm. uh, so to speak, to be successful. Is that fear? But one, once there was enough draw for me to pull me in, and enough push from to push push me out of that. Um, the old way it was, it was, it was a really obvious and really easy, you know, uh, emotional transition, not a physical, easy physical transition, but an emotional transition. It was quite, it was quite easy for me and I was quite excited about it.
0: Um, mate, we'll talk more about the handpan in a moment, but you've touched on a few really nice, uh, topics there. Now, Mm. you, you were a young boy like me and lots of other people that actually wanted to help others. Um and we were drawn away from that just to follow a model and you talk talk about fear that fears instilled in us very young and uh and that sort of takes control but deep down is that little boy's calling of i want to do music or i want to do you know something that's really going to give me alignment and you bringing your instrument into the aged care facility was was your heart speaking you weren't coming from the head like you were in your physio job this was a real Tim that was coming out through an instrument And through that Mm. instrument, you were able to bring happiness to people's lives.
1: That's yeah, that's right. It was it was a really interesting kind of experience for me because um, I could. uh, What I realised was that I could spend all day um, trying to get to each person one by one, and even just spend five minutes with them, talking to them. You know, cracking jokes. You know, the the chirpy me that would try and sort of um I really took I really took pleasure in um, walking into a room, finding um, I really took pleasure in, in into, I guess, the contrast from when I walked into a room from when I walked out of the room and, and when I walk in, someone might be, you know, the room might be gloomy and then I walk out and they're laughing, you know, that, that being able to spend five minutes to just change the mood of the room of whether it was one person, whether it was a couple of people in the room, like it didn't matter for me. It was, you know, and and most often that would be cracking jokes or, or, or just doing, you know, um, professional but silly things Mm. (laughs) that would that would just just do that but with the the hand pan it was it was really different because i could do that to a whole room and, and spend an hour or an hour and a half doing that and almost everyone in the room would would um the 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 energy would drop in a way that that um that would just promote so much relaxation in a way that there wasn't as much anxiety, there wasn't as much stress, there wasn't as much um um you know, need, needful stop. They didn't you know, a lot of people didn't therefore didn't need, feel the need to to have to call out for the nurse to have this or, or the need to have to get up and, and roam around. You know, there were there were many residents that were um that were notorious. Uh, we call them roamers or, or um, you know, wanderers. Um, that that just would, would wander around almost all day and all night, and it would be really difficult to get them to come and sit and have a meal or, or do anything. Mm. Um, I, don't, I can't tell you how many times the the staff were just gobsmacked because that wanderer wandered into the room while I was playing and just sat themselves down and sat there for an hour. Yeah. You know? there you go.
0: Nice and,
1: and, nice. and yeah.
0: Uh, but but yeah. see, mate, that that's human nature in its essence, isn't it? You know, you you go exactly back to right. the, the dawn of time. Uh, music was was it was a part of a community. It's what what uh, communities did to bring people together. Now exactly. the society that we're in seems to be hell bent on separating people. Yeah, mm. uh, and yep. and, uh, and and uprooting
1: people too. I, I I've noticed how there's been such a a, a, a pull away from nature, pull away from. From from you know a deep ground and pulling out our roots you know so to speak, mm-hmm. um, which is exactly why being a city boy, <laughs> you know, I've been dreaming of. That. I've been dreaming for probably fifteen years now of the day that that I can actually move move out of the city. Um, I did a little half assed move to to Ocean Grove for a couple of years at one stage but got sucked right back into the city because of physiotherapy because of work yeah. um, and now my partner and I are we're, we're so excited we've just purchased the property out in the Otways uh, in Victoria and so we're going to make the, uh, the tree change move um, oh, which is going to be a you know pretty drastic move but this yeah it's exactly right it's exactly right that that um, you know the um, that that pull apart you know that sort of separation that you said uh trying to separate the de-community, mm. um, that de-community um that we're experiencing at the moment uh polarization it's it's quite scary because i believe that we do the most good when we're when we're all working together
0: Agreed, um, agree and when we can't
1: do that you know it's i yeah it scares me what what what's coming next because that polarization i already can see it on social media i can already see it in the world there's so much more um, anger and animosity towards each other.
0: Yeah, that's right. All we can do within our own environment is do what we're doing now and have these conversations that can help people, uh, I suppose, take control of their own journey and their own, own lives. But mate, mm. I wanted, this is this is a touchy one for you, but I, wanted, I know we've had conversations about your mum before and how mm. much of a hard worker she was. Mm. Um, could you tell us a bit about your relationship with her and obviously she's passed away do you believe that her hard work actually contributed to that
1: yeah i um i am absolutely convinced 100 convinced that her hard work um, led to her early grave so my mum passed away um, uh, she was 60 um, and um, she basically worked for a big banking you know one of the big four she worked for a big four bank for about 35 years um probably 60 hour weeks for almost all of those 30 35 years I, you know to the extent that i was i was more or less raised by my grandparents for the first five to ten years so i had quite a um i had quite a, a challenging relationship with my mom because i had a lot i held a lot of resentment towards her for for what I felt like she had chosen her job and her profession and her career uh, essentially over me and my sister, essentially over her kids. So we we had quite a challenging relationship, especially um, earlier on, and it wasn't until the last sort of 10 or so years um, that I... Kind of fell into this space of acceptance um and this space of understanding and um you know i actually had this epiphany during of a Pashna that i sat um you know probably maybe six or seven years ago and um the, the epiphany was that um that i was so grateful for who i am and where i was in life and where i was in 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 the greatest scheme of things that I realized that I'm actually not upset and not, um, I don't carry any anger towards Mum. I actually carry appreciation for everything that she did because I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for every little thing that she did, even the things that I didn't like at the time. Mm I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for all of those things combined. Um, and after I had that that sort of realization or that epiphany, it it really changed for me um, how I how I was towards her um, and 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 my acceptance of that you know acceptance of her as she was. And you know she didn't change her work. She didn't she didn't work less. She didn't you know she she quite literally, Aaron. She she kept working even after her terminal diagnosis, um, you know, she kept working and, and just to just to finish things off, you know. Mm. Um and so, you know, that didn't change but but, you know, definitely my perception of that changed. Um and so yeah, I, I guess a lot of my life I was sort of trying to um you know, whilst on the one hand really um really trying to to not fall into the same pattern that she fell into because i knew what it felt like as a child to that i knew what it felt like to feel that to feel that neglect whether she was actually neglecting me or not it didn't matter that's how i felt right and so all my life i i said that i'm not going to be doing that that's not what i'm going to do to my kids i don't want to fall into that same pattern um but whilst at the same time trying to find ways naturally as a kid to try and make your mother proud, and I didn't know how to do that because what I wanted was so contrasting to what I knew would make her proud, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so was, I just didn't know how to do that. So there were so many things that I did that, that I knew, you know, she would never say it, but I knew that didn't make her proud. And then the things that I didn't want to do, but I did it anyway, you know, you know study physiotherapy, come out of there, you know, get, get this you know, do all this stuff. Was, I just knew that, you know, and she would turn around and say, wow, I'm really proud of you, darling. And, 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 and you know, so it was a, a really funny balance. But, um, you know, coming onto into the into the, the hand pants thing, I, I, I know that, you know, that she was really proud of me to have um, tried the thing, but... To have still, despite trying it, to have still followed my heart and my calling because it ended up being a really, uh, evidently, it ended up being a really good choice for for not just me but for my whole family Mm. Um, because I now get to spend so much more time with my kids. Mm. um and so i know that that's you know she said to me and you know in, in her dying months she said that she was and you know, the best thing that i ever did was was to have the kids and 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 be there for them mm. um and so yeah it was, it, was a, it was a really uh uh roller coaster relationship that i had with her
0: mm, i think it's mm. very common for a lot of a uh, lot of guys uh mate um particularly with with our fathers too we we have sort of mm. funny expectations of our fathers when we're growing up and i mm. i would say it would be one in 50 guys that i speak to that actually could could say oh holly they've got a great relationship with their dad you know mm. uh mm. it's it's that's an art we don't get taught this we no one, no one gives you a handbook on how to be uh, a man how to be a husband and a father all those sorts of things that we mm. we sort of come into it blindfolded and um uh, and then we turn to work because we think, well, we've got to provide and we've got to work hard. And I think your mum just obviously would have followed the same sort of um, pathway as you, like private school and then sort of into the workforce and uh, obviously was good at what she did. So she got promoted and wanted to do well. Mm-hmm. And um, all of a sudden it was consuming her. And um, mm-hmm. uh, so, mate, I'm really grateful for you sharing that with us Um And there's lots to learn for for both of us but for everyone listening about what we can actually do uh, if we are a parent to uh, give the simple things back I guess to our Mm. kids but also as Tim said like the learning that actually happens that we're unconscious of uh, that comes later is is pretty profound
1: Mm,
0: exactly yeah yeah Yeah, so you've you've actually uh, out of all that ambivalence and the I suppose the anger and all the all the stuff that comes with your expectations of a parent there is uh, there is deep learning in that as well
1: absolutely absolutely you know and it's so easy to hold anger and it's so easy to be angry and and put blame what's really hard what's so much harder than that is to um is to accept it and and find the the love in it um yeah and through that is is where you can Actually, walk away um, having learned something from the experience, and actually converting that—I um, I would call it converting that negative experience into a into a um, into a positive learning experience—that um, you you know that the benefits you throughout your life. That you that, that you know it's that it's that whole sort of. Um, you know, morphing something that could be traumatic, morphing something that was indeed traumatic for me for so long, morphing that into something that actually ends up uh, enriching my life because because of a, because of a learning experience from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's such a such a such a hard thing to do because it's so much easier and so much more. Um, I would say almost comfortable being in that discomfort. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, whereas it's you know you 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 go out of your comfort zone when you yeah when you try to process it in a different way um you break that, that cycle that spiral so to speak
0: yes uh correct and and really that's where from the discomfort the the growth really comes so you could mm-hmm. you know this is this is a line in the sand moment um you could go either way you could go into i've got um I've got a podcast uh coming up with a guy we've had a conversation he's a musician about what happened to him with COVID. And uh, he, he said, I could have turned around and drank and done the wrong thing quite easily and been angry, or I mm. could have uh, taken the, the right path and actually used it as a platform for growth. And that's what, um, mm. that's what he did. And, and that's really turned his life around. But uh, mm. so many of us sort of take the easy option and that's to go down the anger uh, route. Mm. And that takes us into uh, self-destructive behaviors.
1: Yeah, or, or, or at least, you know, even <clears throat> even for me personally, like I did go the anger route so many times, and, and you're right, it's that moment, that mo- line in the sand, it's that moment where you tow the line in the sand and then you go straight back. You tow the line in the sand, you go straight back, and it's just this cycle of repetitive that, that happens over and over and over. But mm-hmm. as soon as you step over that line, then that cycle breaks, and you... I suddenly move into it, you, you start moving forward rather than going around in circles. Mm. Um, so, you know, even with the same person, it can, it can happen repetitively. And, you know, you know, going down that line of drinking, uh, the example that you used, or, or, you know, and you may do that for a few months, and, 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 and that's okay too. There's, there's, you know, but there's definitely more productive ways to to um to grow um and it's that yeah once you get to that line maybe the tenth time maybe the hundredth times when you get to that line that could be the one that you that you that you change and, and and step step over the line rather than falling back into it
0: yeah walk up the stairs rather than down them
1: <laughs> yeah right 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 that,
0: that, that, that's true and it's, it's really interesting because uh we we sort of we, we we find moments in that all the time whether it's for through a craving or whether it's through um uh, you know some some form of imbalance that actually happens throughout our day and we can mm-hmm. take a reaction uh from that but um to actually be able to be proactive what's this trying to teach me what can i actually do to to move forward with this um because there's all, the, all these things are happening in our life for a reason mate and it's actually really helping mm. us propel if we prepared to be open and actually look at them uh, for what they are and then be able to you know move into them and, and learn, f- learn from them so um yeah really great uh, great summary there of uh, of that mate and um i guess we want to we want to really talk more about what you're actually doing now with the handpan because i was exposed to this instrument i'll give you my my story with it i, I mm. could hear i could hear, I, I there was a yoga teacher in hobart Rob Grubb and he used to play um, uh, recordings that it was Masood Ali Khan and this was his handpan in, uh, in, uh, in the music he was playing and I never knew what it was and I asked him and oh, he said, I don't know. So anyway, hey, I was walking down uh, a street in Hobart one day and I could hear this same music and I walked into the mall and there's this Chinese guy or Japanese guy playing the handpan and mm-hmm. um, I went up to him and I said, mate, what's all this? And he couldn't speak English. Mm. people people were just throwing money into his hat you know mm. um, so anyway yeah to cut a long story short not long after I ended up at the Pan Festival where I met mm. you uh, teaching mm. yoga and um, and, uh, and there the hand pan was so it's amazing mm. how it actually all unfolded for me and I'm not playing one at the moment but these instruments are so amazing you just gave uh an example of what it actually did for you in in an aged care facility but the sound is you know the vibration and the sound and the tone of the um the instrument has a really meditative effect on our on our physiology Mm. Uh, that's my my observation and i'd like to hear what it actually did for you uh, from the moment you first picked one up and when you actually first uh, started using one
1: yeah absolutely so just for just for the listeners, a the listen as a handpan um, was invented in the year 2000 so it's a very very young very new instrument it's a sibling or, or a child i should say of the um of the steel pan the trinidadian steel pan so it's basically if if the if you know a steel pan it's like a dish that you play with a mallet like a bowl large bowl that you play with a mallet made out of 44 gallon drum pan is basically that, but you get two of them and you glue them together, so now you've suddenly got this UFO-shaped kind of object made of steel um, with different um, dimples and different uh, sort of circles on, on the top and or bottom. Um, that that gets you different uh, g- different notes. so um, most most of your listeners probably wouldn't have heard of one. Um, they're still quite um, they're still quite unheard of, especially here in Australia. Um, and it's and we, and we call this instrument a hand pan. so you play with your hand and it looks like a big frying pan. Um, and essentially I discovered this instrument uh, I think it was 2010 or 2012. I was out in Peru. At the time, I was volunteering there um, at a at a school orphanage, and one of the um, one of the profs, one of the teachers, um, had just come back. for I hadn't met her before, but everyone was really excited to see her because she went out to Switzerland um to go and pick up a thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you had to pick up a thing um and so i was like oh okay cool a thing whatever um and lo and behold you know she there she was and she she pulled out this thing out of her bag and and it was this ufo thing and i thought what the what the heck is this what is this and she started playing it i was like it's a musical instrument that's so cool and it just had this sound that I had never, ever, ever uh, experienced before. Um, the, most, the most like sound that I had heard was, was actually some sort of electronic music sounds you know um the only the only sound was was using synthesizers to kind of in, invent this sound out of nothing but um yeah this instrument just had this sound and and it was really beautiful because it married uh for me at least it married the two sides of music being the rhythmic side and the melodic side um because like a hand percussive, percussive instrument you play percussion on it with your hand but that with the notes you, you you play melody as well so with a guitar you can't really do that unless you're newton faulkner or or, or john butler and you're actually playing percussion on the body of the guitar or with a drum kit you certainly can't do that because you, you don't you don't really have yes you can tune your, your drum skins to, to, to a pitch to a key but you can't really get the same you know similar kind of a uh a, a melodic quality to it um so the handpan yeah just immediately took my intrigue not only through the sound of it but through the function of it um so i went on this journey this perpetual journey i think it took me about four years before i could actually get my first handpan hand, because back then there was no one makers maybe five makers um or ten makers around the world actually making them so it was really really hard to get your hands on them. they all had several year long waiting lists mm. um but finally once i got one um you know with a bit of you know hard work and sweat to try and become somewhat proficient at a new instrument it was you know which which even that in itself you know after having played the guitar for about 20 years before that i was kind of i was kind of arrogantly wanting to just be good straight away i, you know, I was frustrated at it so it, it took me a little while to, get, to kind of, you know to kind of get over that um and, and really fall into um to learning how to play it um just on that just me, on that
0: mate that that's uh, that's conditioning in itself because these are traditional exactly. instruments just like your job as a physio <laughs> Now you're going to do something different. So it's actually like getting out of the mind that you're able to go into something uh, that's not mainstream.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yep, And um, yeah, then I got to, I guess I I overcame that hump. Uh, And this is what I say to students that I've taught or when I run workshops or anything like that. There is absolutely a short uphill when you first start on this instrument, very short compared to, almost any other instrument, this has got to be one of the easiest instruments to, to learn how to play. Um, so there is a very, very short uphill um, but like any other instrument, it can be a frustrating uphill because you, you have to learn. You have to learn how to do it. You have, have to learn. You can't just walk, you can't just get in a car for the first time ever and know, that, know how to drive manual. You know, you can't just uh, pick up a pen for the first time ever and know how to write. You need to practice these things. Um, so whilst it's got a very, very short uphill, once you get to the top of that uphill, the downhill is the sweetest ride you'll ever experience. And for me, once I got to the top of that hill, Playing the instrument suddenly, not just listening, but playing the instrument suddenly took on this this revolutionary new um, uh, feeling or. or, or um, experience for me which was you know finding the medics finding this ultimate meditative state just through just through moving just through playing and movement Mm -hmm. um, of the instrument because I was now at a stage where I was I was competent and I had the motor control enough to be able to play the instrument that I didn't need to think about that and so when I stopped thinking about that I found that I was Stopping, you know I stopped thinking full stop mm-hmm. and I could really easily find that that meditative headspace um, and even now like even before this this conversation Aaron I just sat down for half an hour and just just played the pan for a little bit just to kind of just to clear the mind just to kind of reset regroup reground mm-hmm. um, and and, and and find my peace again. Um, and so I, you know, I, I believe, I firmly believe that that's that's what it does when, when you can listen, when you can really, truly just sit down and listen. You're not having to, you know, waste the busk. And, and it's kind of funny the people that 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 did have the time, you know, inverted commas, the time to stop and listen were almost always just blown away by the sound of it, whereas the people that didn't have time, they wouldn't stop, they were, you know, almost unaffected, you know, in many ways. Too much um, in the so, mind. Yeah. Too
0: much in the mind, yeah. Yep.
1: That's exactly right, you know, and so yeah, and so that's that's what I've, I've experienced with these instruments. Um, doing, I must have done, I don't know, maybe 50 to 100 gigs. Um, uh in various you know, facilities disability centers um you know even festivals you know i played a rainbow serpent i played I've, i have played all over the place and it, it's 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 a really consistent uh, ex- really consistent experience what what um what the listeners uh will take away from from this instrument um and so for me i guess you know it was such a such a funny thing. I thought after I decided that I didn't want to do physiotherapy anymore, I thought I was actually going to get into playing and performing with the instrument. But um, I don't know. Something, I guess, to be honest, us us wanting to, you know, that dream that I mentioned before of wanting to move out into the country, I just, I didn't like the idea of needing to travel a lot. Um, exactly because of you know, what I said before about wanting to be there you know during during the the race you know be there to raise my kids and and mm-hmm. I want to be there in all the pivotal pivotal moments with with my children and mm-hmm. i just didn't want to have to travel a lot and I, and i i couldn't i couldn't comprehend how I could be you know a, a, a performing musician or or not even musician but i called it handpan healing so i didn't i didn't know how I could be a handpan healer without actually being there to perform in all these different places so mm-hmm. you know it was this kind of weird paradox of this is what i want to do i want to be able to heal the world through this instrument um but i don't i don't want to go out into the world and do it because i don't want to miss out on Everything that's happening at home, mm. um, so you know. Even then, I, I even got friends on board and, and got them to to go to other facilities that where I was double booked or where I it was too far for me. It was a two or three hour drive away. I would, I would get other people on board to, to be doing these these um, these handpan healing performances. So in a way, I almost started a business doing that. Um, but it just it just didn't feel. It just, something was it just wasn't quite right. Mm. Um, and then it's, that's where the intuition sort of um, led me to kind of, um, fall into this sort of, um, this idea of rather than trying to heal with the tool, you know, handpan being the tool, maybe I can make the tool and put it into the healer's hand so that they can go and do what I really don't, I, I, I don't feel like it is the calling for me. Mm. Um even that on its own took me a couple of years to get over that fear of like, well, man, building musical instruments, this is nothing. I have no idea how to do this. I've, you know, the most steel I've worked on is prosthetic hips in aged care facilities. I haven't worked on steel before. What am I, what do I know? What am I gonna do? (laughs) You know, so that took a couple of, you know, one or two years for me to kind of get over that fear. And, um, you know, once I sort of took the plunge, once I sort of said, you know what, I just, I'm just, i just going to see. Let me just buy a hammer and let me just buy a 44-gallon drum and I'm just going to see what happens. Um, and Aaron, i tell you what, man, a few hits and it was a rabbit hole. <laughs> a few hits for me and I, I remember, I woke up uh, you know, in the middle of the night, one night, just woke up. I just had, I don't know what happened, but I woke up and, and said something out loud and my partner turns around and says, what? What's going on? Are you okay? And I said, Yeah. I just realized what I did wrong with that note. Oh, I wish I could go and hammer it and fix it right now. <laughs> I can I can figure out how to build this instrument. <laughs> it was just, it just had me day and night. It, it kind of was a really easy, once I made the move, it was really easy to, to just stick with it.
0: I noticed um, that that's evolved as you've made, how many pieces of equipment now?
1: I'm sorry, say that again?
0: Uh, so it's been evolving since you started. So how many pieces of equipment have you made now?
1: Um, I, st- I started in, sh- um, in uh, when did I start? 2019 or 18 I think it was. 2018 I started building hand bands. Um, I must have built uh, probably over a hundred now mm. um, instruments. Um, that have gone out to various anywhere, from, you know, Australia, New Zealand by a long shot. Um, mm. I've sent one out to to, to the UK, to Israel, uh, to Turkey, to Hawaii, to America, to mainland. Uh, where else? Chile. Just sent one. Um, you know, they've 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 now gone all over the place, which is which is really cool. It's really exciting. I need to get a world map and start putting pins on mm. where I've sent instruments. Um, um, but yeah it's definitely evolved it's definitely and being one of only i think there's a a two or three builders in australia of this instrument um that's been very popular uh so far especially as it grows as as more and more people discover it more and more people obviously therefore are going to want want it and and want to transition into it Uh, and it's been a really beautiful experience on, on my end to to hear, my favorite thing to hear was, has been that, you know, someone has been so, you know, I'll get an email and I'll say, hey, look, I've been so interested in music. I've always wanted to learn a musical instrument, but I've always been so intimidated. Music sounds, you know, so difficult to get your head around music. But I discovered this instrument, and for some reason, this instrument has got me on the line. So this instrument has made me happy to drop $2,500 and get a musical instrument and finally mm-hmm. make that plunge, make that, you know, transition into learning music uh and it's just it's just so um it's just so encouraging to to hear that because yeah that's this is just this is just it the more and more people that that i I believe the more and more people that are playing this that are that are that are putting the vibrations of this instrument that are speaking through this instrument out there i i believe the the more and more positive vibrations we're putting into the ethos and and you know in in many ways combating therefore or or um, you know, balancing out the, the negative vibrations that are out there.
0: Yeah, Tim, uh, what you what you've just um, described, you, you're you're putting something that's got your own love into people's hands throughout the world, and you've got a connection. Mm. You've got a connection with that forever, but also a connection with the individual forever. You know, mm. so mm. The, the journey's just just beginning for you. It's uh, it's incredible mm. because you know there's lots of us. Oh, I would not say lots of us. I'd nearly say all of us are actually like not living our dream, living our purpose, living our passion, and then actually being able to go into that and the, the amount of good that it, that comes from it, and that's a higher, a higher sense of self that's speaking to us, but we're very reluctant to listen to that, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's hard. It's hard to listen to that because you know you you we're not we're not trained to. You said it before. We're not taught how to be fathers or, or sisters or brothers or mothers, like we're not taught how to listen to our higher selves. We're not taught how to how to follow our intuition and, and my partner all the time, you know, any time I'm faced with a challenging decision, I almost don't even ask her anymore because I know exactly what she's gonna say. But I'll usually say to her, What do I do? Shannon, tell me, tell me what do I do? You're so wise. Tell me mm. tell me the answers. <laughs> She'll say, Ask me the question and I told her, Okay, okay, this is the question. She said, now how did that feel? Now now tell me you know, tell me the two answers, and so I'll tell her answer one i'll tell her answer two, and if there's answer three, I'll tell her answer three and she'll say which one of those felt better to say, which one of those made you feel more comfortable inside or, or made you or, or, or which one made you want to fall forward into it or, or you know there's so many ways that she, she, she puts it, but that's just it you know following the intuition and and, um, and yeah, and and just trusting, like, I guess, trusting ourselves and trusting our our, our um, higher self or inner selves. Um, yeah, I wish there was a manual, man. You know, maybe maybe someone's written one, or maybe someone's is writing one. But I just wish that that there were. Um, you know ways that that you know very i should say accessible ways that that we could be learning this because there really isn't, and some people stumble across it, which is just amazing and 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 I really value when they when they share that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's really challenging to to figure that out.
0: The great thing is that you'll be able to pass this on to your kids. Uh, unfortunately, mm. for us and your parents and and theirs and so forth, we we went through an education system that really geared us to support the economy um, Mm. rather than actually like be intuitive and I believe the indigenous cultures around the world sort of that that was their prime value you know Uh, all of a sudden they've gone from the front foot to being on the back foot and the back Mm. the back foot brings fear that's right yeah that's right
1: You know and I think um, <clears throat> I think it's important you know for me at least uh, it's been really important to rather than sitting and preaching a lot of uh, a lot of what I believe i I really try to lead to not lead by example but to, but to show the example to, to kind of um, to practice what I preach and, and 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 show that that it can be done and you know um, you know it is quite i am I am really Happy that I made that move, and I'm really happy that I moved right, right, right out of my comfort zone, and you know, started doing something that I had absolutely no idea what to do, um, something that I had never any experiencing at all. It didn't matter, you know, you know, in in in, in anyone's right mind, if you if you looked if you looked at it from a, a business or an investment perspective i was a horrific investment (laughs) no one should have invested in anything that i did or anything that i said because there is no way that some sort of healthcare professional that was no you know i had no you know maybe i had you know 100 followers on soundcloud on my personal music and before that so not even much of a musician even though i've been playing for a long time there's no way that anyone would expect something you know any you know positive or successful to come from Someone moving from that kind of background into this completely new and different, um, different field, so to speak. Um, but that's just it, you know, that's just it. If you follow that intuition, if you fo- follow it, you know, I, I would, I, I actually believe that. I was out i was out of my league with physiotherapy that wasn't for me at all which is which is why i never became a you know a super successful physiotherapist because that's where my mistake was it wasn't the fact that i i, I moved out of what i was doing into something new it was actually i what i believe is that i was actually doing the, the the different thing and i actually stepped into what i was supposed to do what i was meant to do which was to build the instrument so i actually came back rather than moving does that, does that kind of make sense i actually yeah. sort of yeah you know followed back into um you know without sounding too um you know too spiritual or, or you know i i know that there's a lot of uh, listeners that, that have a lot of different beliefs but uh, you know what i was meant to do um i feel like what i was meant to do was was to do this and i just got sidetracked on the way on the journey um, which in many ways was really beneficial. I don't regret that because like I said before everything that led me to this moment was so vital Even if it to feel like it had nothing to do with this this moment, you know, physiotherapy doesn't have a lot to do with building handpans, but There is actually a lot of little things in there that really really set me up to um, To run a successful business to not only build the handpans, but to actually build the handpans in a successful successful way um,
0: yeah, that's right. uh, all, all, all the yeah. all, all life experiences going into it mate. but at the end of the day that person in Peru come into your life that day for a reason. Uh, mm. and and these are the things that are happening happening to us consistently to actually get us back to that, that calling. So exactly. I, I, I believe I went through all the mess uh, to where I've got to now and and you're going you've been through all the mess to get to where you have now. so mm-hmm. the, the the learning for the listeners out there and you know guys in particular, Don't give up on your dream. Mm. You know, Mm. if if it's calling you, still let that fire burn because it's going to come out at some stage. It's going to ignite, and um, that's right. And and you're you're living proof of that, mate. So I really congratulate you for what you're doing and and what you what you've been able to achieve. You know, throughout your life, and mate, it's just the start for you. So I really want to. I really want to do what I can to help get your beautiful music and your instruments uh, into more people's hands. So how can people get in, in contact with you, uh, Tim?
1: Yeah, amazing. So Celestial Sound is the, the name of my business. Um, the website is celestialsound.com. Um, so that's celestial with a C. So it's like a celestial body or a celestial being, um, Celestial Sound. Uh, and they can contact, there's, there's contact form there. There's there's address, uh, email address, um, they can contact me through the website and then we can, yeah, if they're interested to, to buy an instrument, they can, we can definitely go, go, go down that path. That would be amazing. I'd love to build, build more, more instruments for people.
0: Yeah. And certainly listen to the hand pen on YouTube and Spotify. And there's so much music out there now, some beautiful artists uh, throughout Australia, but also at the world that I, you know, I was Absolutely, lucky. Uh, yeah. I met Jeremy Arden and Laurie Woolio, and, and these guys that mm. are just so amazing uh, at the panel festival a few years ago. And, uh every, every time i'm feeling a bit insecure um i always listen to the handpans it gets me grounded yeah you know, yeah it's such, it's, such a it's, uh, great it's a really
1: interesting it is it's a really interesting one um i i don't know the science behind it but pans work
0: mm, <laughs> it and, and just it's works. So, so good for <laughs> mental health too mate
1: mm, absolutely it gets, yeah. us,
0: gets us balanced Tim, really grateful for you joining me today, mate. And uh, thank you. Aaron. Hopefully, uh, there'll be plenty of listeners here touch base and listen to your beautiful music and uh, look at your uh, your creative art that you're actually building there uh, within your own instruments uh, moving forward. So, thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much, Aaron. Thanks for having me, mate. It's been a yeah,
0: it's been a nice chat. Thanks. Cheers. There you go, guys. Tim, uh, hope you got a lot from that conversation. Uh, reaching out to Tim, i uh, really recommend he's such a uh, a welcoming nourishing nurturing guy uh, any information that you want to uh, get about uh, sound and, and how that can improve mental well-being but also the hand pan in general it's, it's an amazing instrument and uh, as i mentioned at the start i was really really keen to get tim on here because he's had uh, such a, a transition from getting out of uh, the mainstream into doing his passion and he's uh, going places now and that's within all of us i think we've all got that calling be able to do something higher than what we're actually currently doing uh, in our lives most of us anyway so if you want to touch base guys support at outbackmind.com.au or via the website www.outbackmind.com.au appreciate your support being here spread the word get more people listening to this and it's only going to get better and better got some great guests coming on uh week by week so stay tuned for some more podcasts talk to you soon cheers